0: Hey everybody. Welcome to the Energy News Beat Podcast. My name's Stu Turley, President CEO of the Sandstone Group. We got us an action-packed discussion today. Michael's out on assignment. I think he's having way too much fun. But let's get started in here. We've got several big stories for you. Jamie Diamond says that central banks got forecast 100% dead wrong, and it doesn't matter if the Fed hikes rate again. You know, you got to love Jamie. He'll call it like he sees it. Let's go over here to Germany. Going to fly around from uh, around the country here to uh, Germany. Germany maintaining LNG trade with Russia. This is from uh, Bloomberg. Let's go to the next story here. We are also are going to cover a story. This is by David Blackman, and it went out on the Telegraph out of the UK. Biden would sooner kneel before dictators for oil than let America produce its own. Wow. David Blackman does not hold any punches in this article. Uh, Let's go to the next one. Saudi Prince says U.S. mega deals show U.S. oil is here to stay. Boy, he is really pretty good. I'll see if I can get him on the show. He was on there with Brett Baird, but hey, you never know. We're more fun than Brett. All right, let's go here to the last story. GM scales back EV plans as buyers hesitate. This is another systemic story of some serious problems coming around the corner for the EV industry. Um, With that, hey, like, subscribe, hug your family, hug your pets, tell your pets about the Energy News Beat podcast. We are well, well... Our 4 million uh, impressions and reads on our article pages. Uh, We're about a million downloads this year in 2023. Unbelievable success that we're having as a team. And uh, we just really appreciate everybody's comments and likes and subscribes. And uh, we've had some pretty fun ones. And we answer all emails. Questions at uh, energynewsbeat.com. And uh, check us out on all your favorite platforms. This first article with Jamie Dimon says central banks got it uh, forecast 100 percent dead wrong, and it doesn't matter what the Fed hikes do. I agree with him. Uh, I think uh, there's a couple paragraphs in here that are pretty important, and it says uh, Chase CEO blasted the Federal Reserve, which has hiked the benchmark federal funds rate between 5.25 and 5.5 on a 22-year high and downplayed the importance of the central bank's next move. This is him. This is from uh, Diamond. I don't think, quote, I don't think it makes uh, a piece of difference whether rates go up 25 basis points or more, Diamond said during a panel at the Future Investment Initiative in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, per Bloomberg. Whether the whole curve goes up 100 basis points, be prepared for it. I don't know if it's going to happen. He noted that... That inflation was at 8.3% in April uh, 2022, nearing its peak in 2022 of 9.1. Even though the Federal Reserve had requested that uh, consumer price index, the inflation gauge would sit between 2.5 and 3 he brings up another good quote here. Fiscal spending is more than it's ever been in peacetime. And there's this omni feeling that central banks and governments can manage through all this stuff. They can't. And, And I couldn't agree more with Jamie on this. The next Fed meeting will be October 31st through the 1st. His other I'm cautious quote from Jamie. I'm cautious about what will happen next year. Noting the real need for real leadership to navigate the geopolitical concerns, it it's going to be. I have been in uh, called out on a lot of folks by saying that I firmly believe there's nothing that the Fed can do that will solve inflation unless energy is fixed. The global energy market has to be fixed. It has to be delivering the lowest cost kilowatt per hour to all citizens of the planet with the least amount of impact on the environment through sustainability, fiscal sustainability, and being able to continue the low cost. It's not going to happen. You cannot have low inflation without low cost of energy. Germany is losing all of its business because of the high cost of energy. That's a whole nother story there. Oh, Let's go to Germany. Coming around the corner here, Germany maintaining LNG trade with Russia. This story is pretty interesting. And even though uh, Russia or Germany is not importing direct from Russia, it is continuing to transport Russian LNG despite the ties. Here's part of the problem on this. The cargo is being shipped and it's being shipped to India and it's not subject to Western Sanctions. However, the German-owned company is facing sharp criticism for maintaining energy ties with Russia, even after the Berlin vowed to stop using Russian gas. So there is a little bit of a play on words in the article. And uh, I believe that this is probably a Christian Lai, uh has. he is a member of parliament from the opposition left. The economic entanglements with Russia are apparently not as easy to resolve as politicians would have us believe. It is pretty tough to untangle yourself out of these kind of things. Mm -hmm. That's how Germany and the EU got into this, is they did not have any long-term contracts. Takeover of the former Gazprom last year cost German taxpayers between 6.3 billion euros and 7.7. Canceling the contract would be as about as much as 10 billion. So do you cancel the contract or do you go further into debt? I don't know. Money matters. So let's go ahead and go to the next one. Uh, Tell us your thoughts and let me know your opinions on, on that article as well. Biden would sooner kneel before dictators than for oil than to let oil, uh, let America produce its own. This is from David Blackman out of The Telegraph. I really love David Blackman. He is one sharp cat. When he's describing this in this article, from a recent low of 450,000 barrels of exports per day a year ago, Iran was able to export 2.2 million barrels per day in August and it's even gone up from there. That increase is the quiet decision of the U.S. to ease off enforcement of the sanctions. The Biden administration released all controls of sanctions on Iran that caused the geopolitical funding of Hamas. And so when you sit back and go, uh, here's a quote from Senator Manchin. On the heels of announcing the smallest five-year onshore oil and gas leasing plan in decades, this administration is turning to Venezuela, one of the world's dirtiest energy producers and oppressor of its own people. Senator Manchin, you are right on this one. Uh, And then Wyoming Republican John Bresso told The Hill that the move shows once again that President Biden would rather go to dictators on a bended knee than to allow the U.S. to use American energy. I'll tell you what, until we get our energy policies fixed, the Fed's not going to be able to fix interest rates. We're not going to have prosperity that we're expecting. And this is another great line in here, David, has. has, um, We've imposed sanctions on Iran for support to Hamas and other terrorist organizations, it's going to uh, continue, believe me, said a quoted senior administration official who was granted uh, and not in being anonymous. Here's the problem with that. You can have sanctions. You can say you have strict sanctions, but if you don't enforce them, you don't have sanctions. So Biden administration, it does matter who you vote for. Saudi Prince, we're going to go to the next story here. Saudi Prince says U.S. mega deals show oil is here to stay. Uh, you've heard me say on this podcast several times, Saudi Arabia is doing it right with Saudi Arabia first. They are getting to uh, fund all of their social programs through their oil profits. They're funding their renewable and going to the net zero that that's important to them on. I don't agree with their social uh, and their abuse in, in some areas. Uh, I do not agree with their humanitarian stance on things. On a government and energy policy, they're they, they're running right down the right road on that. So let's take a look at this. Uh, MDS said uh, MBS uh, Prince uh, Ben Salman said strategy for managing the oil market. The kingdom has to, quote, ensure that we have a less volatile oil market that will help the global economy grow and prosper. And again, he goes, uh, he says, quote, I don't think Exxon would merge with Pioneer for charity purposes. I agree with him there. And for uh, Chevron, would do that with Hez. It is a testament by its own virtue that hydrocarbons are here to stay. And I, I applaud him for stepping up and uh, uh, going through that. He, he continues on further on and says oil will see significant demand growth as economies bounce back. Now, let's come in here to down here. He says that Saudi Arabia and OPEC and OPEC plus. Uh, He says that they're really going to target $110 before they start curbing back any production. So we still have a long way to go up before they start cutting back. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. And um, I think it's going to be very interesting. All right, let's go to the next one here. Boy, I'll tell you what, renewable uh, energy and EVs and everything else is just Really taking a a beating, if you would. GM scales back EV plans as buyers hesitate. Buyers can't afford it. And that goes back to the other uh, discussions that we had. Uh, Detroit automaker uh, boasts strong profit, but cites slowing market for electric vehicles and says it's losing $200 a week on the UAW strike. So here's where there's some numbers in here. In July, Ford pushed back its EV outage output target by one year. In recent months, uh, mid-higher interest rates are making for the already pricey cars for more expensive uh, EV buyers. Sales growth has slowed, and unsold models are piling up on dealership lots. GM, as we're talking about here plan to have produced 400,000 EVs over roughly a two-year stretch by the middle of next year, but has abandoned that goal. The labor is probably part of it, but part of the labor is uh, upset by the fact that EVs take fewer employees. So now they're going to go to a right-to-work state. And so this could really backfire on the union's Uh, Rightfully so. I think the unions are trying to do what they feel is best. However, the auto dealers, uh, excuse me, the auto companies uh, are putting in record profits except for their EV divisions. So this is really one to watch. Uh, I think that you're going to continue seeing uh, more slowdowns in EVs. So several factors were slowing down. So this is going to continue the delay in this, but you've got infrastructure problems. There's a lot of other problems that are going on in the EV space. Now you have the labor and you have the fact that um, it's going to slow down. I don't know that it's going to happen. And here's where I'm going to say this again. Why don't we go to hybrids first? Use less batteries. You get 50, 60 miles per gallon on the gasoline. You do both. I'm sorry. I think hybrids would be pretty cool. So that's that's all I got to say on that one, as Jeannie would say off of the five. Hey, with that, please send us your questions at questions at energynewsbeat.com. Uh, Write to me. If you are an industry thought leader, we want you on the podcast. If you are in the renewables, if you have any information you want to get your name out on the company, if you want to visit, send me a note, find me on LinkedIn or find me on the bottom of the show notes. I want to interview you. We've got some fabulous interviews coming up on the Conversations with Stu Turley. Have a great one and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you all so much for all of your support. Talk to you all soon.